Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go with me in your Bible this morning. We have a little bit of time left, but we're going we're gonna to talk about some things that will be a blessing. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And for the sake of time, I'm going to take one verse out of its setting, but, but uh, way, the way we apply it, we'll apply it today. It will be consistent with the, concept, with the uh, context and the setting. You can go back and read the, the verses before it and after it later. But uh, we want to pull out verse number 7. And notice it says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. Remember in, in uh, some of the earlier uh, sessions, we talked about the fact that when it talks about sight, it's not just talking about what you can see, it's referring to the senses. There are really five senses, seeing, hearing, feeling, uh, smelling and tasting. Those are the five senses. And those are the, are the doors, or, or I could say the windows to our consciousness, our, our, our ability to think and perceive our world around us. Without, without those five senses, we couldn't contact anything around us. We wouldn't know where we were or what we were doing or, or, or anything. None of our education could have, could, could have accomplished anything. So these five senses is really what he's talking about when he says we walk by faith and not by sight. You could say we walk by faith and not by our senses. Now, remember last week we talked about uh, Thomas. Does anybody remember what Thomas's nickname is? Doubting Thomas. Why is he called Doubting Thomas? You don't have to turn there, but you can look uh, later. We looked at it last week. When Jesus appeared to the other disciples... Thomas was not with them the first time he appeared when he was raised from the dead. So they told Thomas, we've seen the Lord. And Thomas just was just like the rest of them. He said, I saw him hanging on that tree. I saw him crucified. And Thomas made the statement. He said, unless I see the print of the nails in his hand and, and, and put my hand into the open wound of his side where that where that Roman soldier stuck that spear. He said, unless I can see and examine and know with my senses that that's really the Lord Jesus, he said, I'm not going to believe. Well, the next time they were all assembled together, Thomas was there, and Jesus just walked right through the wall and just came right into the room. And he approached Thomas. He said, Thomas, reach out your finger and put it into my hand. Reach out your hand now and put it into my side. And then he said, you and, and Thomas said he did that and then he said my Lord and my God <laughs> and Jesus said Thomas because you can see me you believe but he didn't pronounce any blessing on that he then said blessed not you blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe so Thomas is Faith, if you want to call it that, it's not faith, it's, it's human faith, but it's not biblical faith because it's based on the senses. It's based on what you can see and hear and feel. 
Jesus said, blessed are those who do not hear, who, who haven't uh, heard me in the flesh, who haven't seen me in the flesh, who haven't put their hands on me and handled me like you have. He said, blessed are those who have not seen me according to the five senses and yet believe. And so that's what this is talking here about. He said, we walk by faith and not by sight. Now we know Romans chapter one and, and, and Galatians, other places in the New Testament as well as the Old Testament make the statement, it's in Hebrews, I think, it's in Galatians and it's in Romans, that the just shall live by faith. That's how we live. And it's how we walk. Now some people, some believers are lazy Some believers are spiritually lazy and they don't want to walk by faith. They're always hoping they can find somebody else to help them in their time of need. Somebody that will pray for them. Somebody that will do their believing for them. Somebody that will lay a hold of the power of God in their time of crisis and they really don't, they really don't seek God and they really don't, I'm talking about spiritually lazy people. They go through life and the ordinary things of every day that, that just buffet everybody. A person of faith is standing in faith in, when all of those buffetings come. It can be just a little things. I mean, I've had all sorts of little things hit my body in the last year or so. Just a bunch of little things, just trying to attack me. And I've, I, I just say, no, I'm not having those things. Seems like in the last little while, just been all sorts of little things. But I had learned the secret, don't put up with little things. Little things become big things if you don't deal with them. And so uh, uh, spiritual, people who are mature spiritually, they don't tolerate the little things. They use their faith every day in their lives. They've all, they're always believing God. Spiritually lazy people just kind of go with the flow. They get buffeted here and there. Listen, I'm not, I'm not criticizing taking medicine. But if you're going to take medicine, take it with faith. Have faith in God for your healing, for your whatever you need, and take the medication if it can relieve some symptoms and make you feel better, but put your faith in God. But lazy people don't ever use their faith. Their first recourse is go to the doctor, go to the medicine cabinet, go to some, go to some physical means, some natural means of getting their need met rather than believing God. And I'm talking about the ordinary things of life. They just, they're just bounced like, a, like the proverbial pinball. And you younger people don't know what a pinball machine is, but you older people do. Pinball machine, you know, that ball would just bounce, you know, from place to place. And spiritually lazy Christians go through life just bing, 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 bouncing around. And the enemy just keeps, you know, pulling the plug and shooting the ball. And uh, so they're just, you know, they're just bounced around. Then when a true crisis comes where medication is not sufficient, 
when the, 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 the remedies that are easy and, and usually effective are not effective, what are they doing? They're looking for somebody to help them pray. Oh God, I got to get on the phone. I got I to get, listen, the Bible teaches praying for one another, but it doesn't teach being spiritually lazy because the truth is when you got born again, you signed on to the faith life. You signed on to the faith life because you couldn't have got into this life without faith. It took it took believing on the Lord Jesus whom you have not seen, whom you have not touched like the apostles did. You didn't put your hands on him. You didn't see him perform any miracles. You didn't see him being raised from the dead. You don't have that evidence. You just believed it, just chose to believe now, some people say, well, it was easy for me to believe. I was raised, you know, I, I was raised in a Christian family. And my parents believed it. My grandparents believed it. And the whole culture believes it. Besides that, we live in the United States and everybody knows it and everybody just kind of generally accepts it. It was easy to believe. You still had a choice to make. I think of Christopher Allen. You know, he, he was raised in Pakistan. You know, our, our, one of our great missionaries that we support, good friend of ours, he was raised in Pakistan, born and raised. And in Pakistan... Most everybody is either Muslim or Buddhist, I think, and I think the Buddhists are highly persecuted by the Muslims, but uh, India, you know, is next door or close by, and they don't get along, you know. And uh, his culture was, there was Christianity was almost non-existent. People, if, if anybody in Pakistan knew anything about Christianity, it would be sort of like in America. How much do you know about What's that? Raffitarian? What's that? Restafarian. Restafarian. Does anybody know anything about that? You've heard of it, right? Some of you shit. I was never even heard of it. How many of you ever heard of Rastafarians? Yeah, a lot of you. Do you know anything about it? Nope. It's just that thing over there that some weird people believe and, we, and you're not even interested in finding out. That's how Christianity was in Pakistan. It was just that weird thing. of If he knew anything, if he'd ever heard anything about it, that's all, you know, that was just, I don't know. So he didn't come from a culture of where it was automatic to believe in Jesus. But a man approached him on a corner on the street and shared the gospel with him. And he chose to believe it just like you and I did. It's no different. Just because we come from a culture that, that makes it supposedly easy, it was still a decision. And you exercise faith in someone you had never seen. You believed God raised him from the dead just because somebody told you he did. That's faith. What did, what did remember, remember Abraham's nickname? Anybody remember Abraham's nickname? Believing Abraham. Over in, in Galatians chapter three, it says, and those who are of faith are blessed with faith quote unquote believing Abraham so you got doubting Thomas and you got believing Abraham well how did how did Abraham what, what does it mean that, that he's believing Abraham he did not believe what he saw he believed what God said go with me to Romans chapter 4 Romans chapter 4 Let's start in verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith 
that it might be according to grace. See, the grace of God, we're saved by the grace of God, but it takes faith to, 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 uh, to activate that grace. You can't get into the grace without faith. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. He's the father of us in the sense of, he, he just like different people, you know, who spearhead movements, they're known as the father of that movement. Well, well Abraham spearheaded the movement of faith. He spearheaded that as a movement. I mean, God tested him, worked with him, revealed himself to him in different ways and spoke things, spoke things to Abraham that no natural man would believe. <laughs> 99 years old. Got a wife, 89 years old. Through that 89-year-old woman, I'm gonna give you a son. This time next year, the Lord said, you'll have that son. 89 and 99 years old. That's crazy. I mean, Sarah was barren when she was young. In the normal uh, reproductive years, she was barren, couldn't have children. Now she's passed, you know, th into menopause years ago and she's 89 years old and the Lord says she she's gonna have a baby and, and you're gonna be the daddy. <laughs> Abraham chose to believe. Let's keep on reading. So that's how he became the father of, of us all. Anyway, he's not the father of God, obviously. As it is written, I have made you. That's, that's a quote from Genesis 17 that I was just referring to. I have made you a father of many nations. God just said it. He said, I have, Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. And Abraham said, well, you know, I got this son Ishmael already. <laughs> God said, no, that's not who I'm talking about. There's coming another one. And uh, it says, in the presence of him or like unto him whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary, now this is talking about Abraham, who contrary to hope, in hope, remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for. You have to have something, you have to hope for something first. Who, when all hope was gone, contrary to hope just means when all hope was gone, when any basis for hope was gone, he kept on hoping and believing. In hope he believed that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall your descendants be. So that's the difference in Thomas, Thomas just believed what he could see and feel. Abraham believed according to what God said. That's, that's walking by faith and not by sight. And like I said, church, I don't know if I, I, don't know if I uh, identified you or not. I'll leave that up to you, whether you're a lazy Christian. But the truth is, when you, when you got born again, when you, when you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and you exercised faith, you signed on to the faith life. And now, that's, that's the life you're in. And you're, you, 
there is no, there is no backing out of that. <laughs> there, God doesn't have an, alter, an alternative program for the lazy people. <laughs> There's not another track. Well, I didn't realize I was going to have to believe God for my food and my, and my smile on my face and, and my money and my kids and my, and my arthritis and my bad feet and, and, and my crazy balls. I don't know I was going to have to believe God for everything. Well, sweetheart, yes, you do. God doesn't have another track for you. Well, yeah, I know sister, Jesus doesn't look down, so I know sister bonehead, you know, she's, she doesn't want to believe God for anything, you know, but I love her. She believed on me, so I'm just going to pat her on the back. No, no, no. That's not the way it works. Without faith, without the, without the exercise of faith, without on purpose, intentionally, in individual instances and applications where you have needs without applying and living and walking by faith, God's not sitting up in heaven with a big smile on his face. He loves you, all right, but he's not pleased. Amen. Now, now that's not to discourage you. That's, that's to shake you up. If you're not someone who really gives a lot of thought to living by faith and trusting God for everything in life, you better get with it. Because God expects us to live by faith. The just shall live by faith. That's a pretty strong assertment from God. I mean, he says it over and over. The just shall live by faith. Praise the Lord. Well, now that, that, that's a, that might be a challenge to you. But the good news is, it'll work if you'll just do it. <laughs> if you'll just get in the habit of using your faith. Yeah, but I tried that and I didn't get anything. Well, see, you're walking by sight. You don't try faith. You don't try faith. You just do it. You just believe and act not according to what you see, for we walk by faith and not by sight. As soon as you, well, go over with me to, uh, go to 2 Corinthians, go to the fourth chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter four. Verse number 16 says, therefore we do not lose heart, have you lost heart? Well, you, you should be getting heart now. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction. You say, well, you don't know my affliction, Pastor. It ain't so light. <laughs> Paul was beaten multiple times, shipwrecked, stoned and left for dead, criticized by professionals all over the, the, the populated world at the time. And he said, our light affliction puts everything in perspective. Our light affliction, affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us 
a far more, more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Did you know what you're going through? God intends for that to work for you. To actually work for you. The light affliction, I know you think it's severe, and I've, I've had things that I've thought was severe before. But it's a matter of perspective. I look at other people and I think, well, what I went through wasn't so severe. It was light compared to, to what Jesus went through. So God intends for that, that problem that you're addressing with your faith that you know you need to... Now, you know, if you've been coming to this church long enough, you know you're not right if you're just bouncing through life and not laying a hold of it. You know better than that. You know you're supposed to live by faith on every detail of life. Well, those little things that, that come to harass you, God doesn't send them, but he has a plan in them. God doesn't send the buffetings of the enemy. God doesn't send them, but he has a plan to operate in them because he knows they're coming. Those things, he said, work for us. <clears throat> a far more exceeding <clears throat> and eternal weight of glory. Those tests and trials, those physical uh, assaults, those mental assaults, those financial assaults, whatever, wherever it's coming from, God has a plan to take those assaults and work in us through those things a far more uh, weighty thing, a far more a far exceeding and eternal weight of glory. But here's here's the key, though. While we do not look at those things, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary. The things which are not seen are eternal. See, there is an eternal weight of glory. There is an eternal benefit in the realm of the spirit to your spiritual life that God wants to work in you when those assaults come. But the key is you can't look at the trouble. You can't look at the, at the, at the affliction. <laughs> See, if I, I can tell what people are looking at by what they talk about. And you can too. How are you doing today? Well, pastor, I've just been really suffering. Listen, I'm not making fun. Don't, don't laugh. Suffering is suffering. And it's real. But, oh, pastor, I've just been really suffering. I just tell you, listen, it, I, I have compassion. But I know that as long as you're focused on that thing, you're not going to be free from that thing. And if, you, if you're looking at what is not seen, <clears throat> which is what God said, if your attention is focused on that which is not seen, then your attention is not focused on how you feel. When I ask people, how you doing today? Hey, brother, sister, how you doing? I'm not wanting because I love you. It's not that I'm not interested. 
But I'm not, I'm not looking for an, uh, uh, an expression of how you feel. I'm giving you an opportunity. Now, don't misunderstand me. Yes, there's a place for saying, Pastor, I've got this need. I need prayer. The Bible teaches praying for one another. But I'm saying once you've prayed, once you've prayed, you've laid your, your stake of your claim of faith. I'm not asking you so that you can give me a rundown of how you, bad you feel. Because you say, well, Pastor, you're just me. No, 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 that's not it. It won't help you. To tell me how bad or tell your friend how bad you feel, you, it, it, might, it might make you feel better that you've shared your burden, but you're just as sick. You feel just as bad. What I'm doing and what, what strong Christians are doing when we ask, we're giving you an opportunity to say, Pastor, I want you to know that I've got, like sisters, I've got a new set of lungs. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Or, or like brother, uh, brother, uh, brother here, brother Wendell. <laughs> brother, brother. When the, when the enemy put that, tried to put that back on him, he didn't call somebody on the phone and say, oh, I got my healing, but the devil's trying to take it away from me. Y'all pray. No, he just said to, in his own private prayer closet, no, I'm not having that in the name of Jesus. And I guarantee you, if you had been around him when that pain came back on him, if you'd have said, how you're doing, he would not have said, well, you know, this, my hand's really hurting really bad. He'd have said, by his stripes, I am healed. That's how I am, praise God. It's not a matter of what I feel. It's a matter of what the Bible says. That's not being uncaring. That's being caring. The reason, I, the reason I'm so strong on this is this, this is what it takes. It'd be different. It'd be different if there was an alternative path and you could, get on, you could get on God's budget plan and just have just enough grace and just enough mercy and just enough answers to prayer to barely get you to heaven. If there was a, if there was a, 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 you know, a shoot that you, could, that you could get on and just slide down through life, you know, just get your rear end burn up all the way down, but... But when you got it at the end of it, you know you made it through, praise the Lord. If there was such a thing, then I'd leave you alone, but there isn't. <laughs> Glory to God. We walk by faith and not by sight. That's what Abraham showed us. Glory to God. Aren't you glad you came today? <laughs> Hallelujah. You ought to come to church every Sunday. <laughs> you ought to come to church every Sunday morning. If Jesus was, was raised from the dead, you can be raised from the bed. <laughs> every Sunday. You, if he can rise from the dead, you can rise from the bed every Sunday and be in church. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I just heard that yesterday. Praise the Lord. I wish I'd thought that up, but I didn't. <laughs> I'm gonna remember it at Easter time particularly. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is good to us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Father. This is a faith tune-up. It's what we're getting. It's a faith tune-up. So don't drift through life. Don't, don't just come to church and hear stuff and say, you know, I believe in all of those things, but I'm kind of busy. And, you know, I get along okay. I don't have a whole lot of bad stuff, you know. My problems aren't real big. I'm, I'm just doing okay. Just doing okay is not okay. Do it, just doing okay is not okay. God wants us to overcome in everything in life. God wants everybody in this house to be one of those people that they've always have the victory. They're always in faith. They're always speaking what God says and they're always denying what the natural realm says. They're always saying what God says. God wants everybody to be like that because if, when you're like that, you are able to help somebody else. That's what I was talking about earlier. I can't, I can, I can pat you on the back, put my arms around you and say, well, bless your heart. You, I'm just so sorry you're suffering like that. I just, you know, the Lord loves you and, you know, and I'll be praying for you, you know. And uh, that consoles, but it doesn't help. They're just still just as sick as they were. But if you want to help somebody, you, you inspire them. You say, now, and they don't like it when I do it, but maybe one of your brothers and sisters would do this. See, if I do it, people get mad. But your brother and sister say, now, come on, you know better than that. You know what God's done for you. you, you you're just, you've just become an old grumbly person. You've just become downcast. You used to have a light about you and fire in your eyes and passion for God, and you've just gotten kind of weak and wishy-washy. Come on, you can, get, you can do better than that. See, you need friends that can inspire you to challenge you to step up. Glory to God. So I can do this to the whole church, and I'm okay if I talk to people individually and then they get mad at the preacher. <laughs> so that's why I need Joby to talk to them. And Wendell to talk to him. Amen. Glory to God. Because you see, God wants you to live by faith so that you have an arm that you can reach out and not set somebody free. You, there's a place for that, people who don't know, but, but your brothers and sisters in Christ, you can take them by the arm and say, come on, walk with, faith, walk with me by faith. Let's, let's get in agreement. Let's get back into the scriptures. Let's do what the Bible says. Let's, 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 let's get back into the word of God. Let's believe God together. That's what you need. That's a real friend. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Let's stand. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Don't be like my dearly departed mother. Now, she's in heaven right now. She can't reach me. And if she, if she was alive, she would be offended to hear me say this. But now she's in heaven. She said, I know that's right, son. <laughs> You're right. When she was here, <clears throat> she would get offended when the preacher would make illustrations about people with bad attitudes. 
And he would sort of like I did this morning, you know, mocking, you know, bad attitudes and, and, and full of unbelief and saying the wrong thing. When he, would, when he would do that, she would get deeply offended and I would hear about it at home. <coughs> she'd say, <coughs> excuse me, she'd say, if Brother Braddock, if, if he just knew, if he just suffered the, the, just a little bit of what I've gone through in life, he wouldn't be laughing like that at me. She, she thought he was picking her out. <coughs> Excuse me. He, she thought he was picking her out from the crowd and talking to her. He was talking to probably half a dozen, two dozen people in there. But she said, <coughs> the pastor's laughing at me and he's picking on me from the, from the pulpit, mocking me. If he just knew what I was, if he just gone through half of what I've gone through. And I think a time or two she said, I wish he would just have to experience just for a little time in life the things that I've gone through. Well, that was a, that was a bad thing to do. Isn't that right? She didn't, get, she didn't get an answer. She could have, instead of being offended, had enough presence of mind to say, you know, I'm probably not the only bonehead in here. There's probably a lot of people he's talking to, and I'm going to take some correction. You know, in other words, correction in the sense that I'm going to take some, some direction and prodding here. Amen. Oh, I tell you what, the faith life is the most blessed life in the world. It is the most exciting life. It is the most rewarding life because you're walking and working with God and he's working with you. And yeah, it's a growing process and yeah, there's some bumps along the way, but it's like, yeah, but that exceeding eternal weight of glory is just being working in me and working in me and working. I'm telling you, the faith life is the, it's the way, church. It's the way. Glory to God. And it's God's way. And there's not another shoot for you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. See, Brother Pastor Greg said, do you still love me? Do you still love me this morning? Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. We do honor you today and worship you. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.